Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Anyone out there for the Word of God this morning? It's a little bit all over the place this morning, but I really don't care about that. That's all good, amen? And uh, sometimes I think we need to be broken out of our predictability. And this morning we want to continue along talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Everyone say gifts. Gifts of the Holy Spirit. And you know, the whole purpose of the series is to see the supernatural become a natural part of who we are as a church. That's the whole purpose. You better start amen and men in a little bit better. Um, that's the whole purpose of the, of the series is to create an environment where the Holy Spirit feels welcome to move as He feels to in our times together as a church, but also in our times at homes and in our time in our community, workplace, wherever it may be. And that's the whole journey that we've been on, just to see the supernatural become a natural part. And uh, we're trusting God to see more and more of the supernatural uh, in our church services, to see people's lives healed and restored stored in Jesus' name. Amen. And during the week, um, I was reminded of this scripture in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 2, excuse me, chapter 1, verse 16. And I want to really read it with you this morning because I believe it's a great encouragement to us. And this word was from Paul to Timothy, but I believe that this word is from heaven to each of us this morning. It says this, it says, Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of what? Hands, the impartation, the laying on of hands. And Paul says to Timothy there, Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God. What does it mean to stir up? Well, I had a look at the Greek definition of that, and some of the words that came were to rekindle. Anyone been out in the bush? and had a fire going, and the, the, the flames start to get lower and lower and lower until you just end up with a few little kindles. To stir up means to rekindle the flame, to become aware of again, to understand again that God has given us gifts in which He wants us to use for His purpose, for the purpose of building up the body of Christ. And another definition there is to stir up, or I like this one there, to incite. Amen. So when Paul was saying to Timothy, I want you to stir up the gifts of God on the inside, he was saying to Timothy, I want you to rekindle your desire. I want you to stir up your, your understanding and your revelation. I want you to, to, to be incited. I want you to, to, be, to be stirred again about the fact that I've placed uh, by the laying on of hands, by the power of the Holy Spirit, gifts on the inside of you. Paul was saying to Timothy, stir again the gifts. Now we must assume that if Paul said to Timothy, I want you to stir up the gifts, we must assume that somewhere along Timothy's journey in his faith and his experience as a Christ follower, that somewhere along the way, the understanding and the revelation of the gift of God within him started to be demised. He started to forget about it. He started just to look at himself as a mere natural person. Did you know this morning that you and I, if you're a Christ follower, you are not just a normal person? Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. I must be speaking in Chinese this morning. Hallelujah. You're not a normal person because the Bible declares the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead dwells in your mortal body. There is a supernatural aspect of God living in seed form in inside each one of us this morning. And Paul was saying to Timothy, 
Don't forget and stir up that gift. And I would expect that we can assume that Timothy forgot to stir the gift, stop to focus on it, stop to realise how important it is that he, he continues to operate in the gift of God. And if we can assume that, I believe this morning as well, that we can assume for ourselves in um, uh, sub- September the 11th in 2016, there could be many of us in this building as well that have forgot to stir and realise that there are gifts of God that God has placed on the inside of us this morning. God wants us to stir the gifts of God. God wants us to realise that He has gifted us, gifted us, gifted us, endowed us, blessed us with supernatural blessings. Amen. And if you don't believe that this morning, you need a smack. If you don't believe that about yourself this morning, you need to get your hand and you need to whack it hard on your That part of your anatomy. Come on this morning. This is what this whole journey is about. Stirring up the gifts of God that God has placed on the inside of our lives. And you know, it's so profound. So profound in the book of Ephesians where it talks about how Jesus, when he ascended on high, when he left this, 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 this zone, this, this realm that we know, this earthly realm, it says that when he ascended on high, he gave gifts to men. Every person that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved and shall receive gifts of the Holy Spirit. But the reality is they are in seed form within you this morning. You know, I've heard people say about the gifts of God, and this is how profoundly uh, deep the gifts of God are. I've heard people say uh, tritely, I've heard them say in conversation, you know, just, it just comes out of their mouths. They say things like, well, you know, if you don't use it, you'll probably lose it. Have you ever heard Christians say that about the gifts of God around people's lives? I've heard Christians say that. If you don't use the gift, you lose it. I want to say this morning that is so unscriptural. Because look at what the Bible declares in Romans chapter 11, verse 29, about the gifts of God. It says this, For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. The sad thing is, is that many Christ followers will go to their graves never experiencing what it means to use the gift of God. Because the Bible says in the book of, Aro- the book of Romans, the book of Romans, that the gift of God and the calling of God are irrevocable. He won't take it back and He won't reverse the calling on your life. He won't reverse the calling on your life. But the sad thing is that many believers potentially will go and stand before the Lord on that day never using the gifts of God that God has entrusted on their life and in their life, I should say. Got to go to the gym more. (laughs) Amen. Any vessels popping? And we'll be looking at the gifts of God. And this morning, we want to focus on the first, the first um, gift that Paul speaks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He talks about the word of wisdom. And we want to just break into a little bit of, of this for 15 minutes together, and then I'll be done. But just to break in a little bit of the word or the message of wisdom, because it's the first thing that Paul speaks about in, in relation to the, 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 the unction of the Holy Spirit moving through believers' lives. And I haven't got much time to go into it, but the gifts of the Spirit, um, I have some residing within me. Amen? One of my gifts, I think, is leadership. 
Another gift that I, I think I have is, is wisdom from time to time. Another gift that I think I'm aware of is administration. Suzanne's going to laugh at that. But it's big picture ad- administration. Amen. I'm not detailed at all. Hallelujah. And I'm so blessed to have such an amazing staff. They are the best. Seriously, they are the best. But, you know, I have those gifts residing within me. But when we're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it's talking about how in a church setting, the Holy Spirit will come as he did this morning and just choose someone to prophesy or just choose someone to bring a a word of knowledge or or just choose someone to to speak out a word of healing. Amen. And in this uh, text of Scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4, it says this. It says, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. Listen to this. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of? Of all. To the profit of all. Thank you, Rachel Spinelli, this morning for encouraging people about speaking out. Because sometimes we get a word and we can sit there and think, oh, look, I know it's right, but I'm just embarrassed or I'm a little bit scared. But I want to encourage us to get over that because we realize that when the Spirit wants to manifest Himself through us, it's for the profit of all. Amen. No doubt this morning that many people were encouraged by the words that were spoken this morning and potentially all of us were. Why? Because the Holy Spirit chose to manifest himself through individuals for the profit of all. But it goes on to say, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. And that's what we want to spend a few minutes touching on this morning. What is the message of wisdom? Paul says that one of the gifts, one of the ways the Spirit manifests himself to and through his people is by the message of wisdom. Everyone say it. Message of wisdom. Message of wisdom. The definition, the actual words in the Greek are logos and sophia. And they mean this. A word or message or utterance full of of wisdom. Hallelujah. Don't you like that this morning? That's one of the ways the Holy Spirit manifests Himself through us as people for the profit of all. So what is the word of wisdom? A revelation given by the Holy Spirit, which is a message containing a fragment of the wisdom of God. It is from the Spirit, but it is through the people, to the people, for the people. Don't you love that this morning? But you love that this morning. It's a revelation given by the Spirit, but spoken through a Spirit-filled believer chosen by the Spirit. I don't have to have all the, the wisdom in the world. In fact, I haven't. <laughs> Some of the things I do are not that wise. Amen. I went to the gym the other day and I picked up these ugly big black ropes and started to do that. That wasn't that wise. My back the next day was really sore. Crazy stuff, amen? But we don't have to have all the wisdom in the world. All we need to be are vessels. Just vessels. See, you don't need to have all the faith in the world. You don't need to have all the knowledge in the world. All we need to do to be used by the Holy Spirit for the profit of all is just to be open to the Holy Spirit and hungry to be used by Him. Don't you love that this morning? So a spirit-filled believer is chosen by the Spirit. And the word of wisdom, it's an insight from God's wisdom for someone or the local church. I love that thought this morning. The message of wisdom 
is a supernatural way by which God reveals to a person or people a revelation from his wisdom of what one should do or how one should respond or what one should say. I love that thought this morning. Amen. God just speaking through us words of wisdom that bring life and faith and deliverance to individuals. So what is, what is God's wisdom? Some of the facts about God's wisdom is this and about God. God is all wise. Yeah, that's Reva's going, yeah, oh, that's good. Oh, oh. I'm glad he's wise because if he wasn't wise, this whole earth thing would be just astounding. Yeah, it's amazing. Right now, I don't know, how fast are we going now as we spin around? Is it something like 112,000 kilometers an hour or something like that? We should be all over the place. It was God's wisdom and the gravity, gravity that God released on the earth that keeps us where we are today. So he, he, God is all wise. He consciously knows all things all the time. God is never other than wise in anything he does. He consciously knows what he's doing at all times in every way. He consciously knows exactly what to do at all times. Nothing is beyond God's realm. That's what God's wisdom is. His wisdom is based on his infinite knowledge of all things past, present and future. God is above time. Did you know that this morning? We live in time. We're trapped in time. We are getting older as the days progress. Amen. We are in this, this time zone, but God is above that. God has the eagle view. He has the, the beginning and the end view. He is above time. He sees all things. Therefore, he is wise in all that he does, all that he says and all that he actions to do. And then he chooses people like you and I to deliver a message of wisdom through. Astounding. His wisdom is infinitely superior to ours. In fact, one of the great examples is the way that humans look at the cross and they say that it's foolishness. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. The world looks at the cross and says, what foolishness is that? That Christ died for the sins of the world so that man could be saved and be reconciled to God. The world looks at the cross and says that is the foolishness of God. But not in, in God's understanding and not in God's eyes because it says as it goes on. But the reality is that the cross is the power and the wisdom of God demonstrated through and by Jesus Christ. Amen. The world can look at the cross as foolishness, but the wisdom of God prevails through Jesus Christ and what he's done for us on the cross. Amen. So I love that thought there about the wisdom of God. God is altogether wise. He is wisdom. And I think that you and I, we need to remind ourselves that in God's infinite mind, He knows all that there is to know about everything in every way. So this morning, just for the next nine minutes, <laughs> what the message of wisdom is not. To help us to understand the difference is this thought here. The message of wisdom is not, it is not natural wisdom. There is such a thing as natural wisdom, human wisdom. This wisdom comes from learning the lessons of life. Uh, wisdom comes through experiencing. In fact, the dictionary defines wisdom as the application of knowledge and experience. There is a truckload of wisdom in this house this morning. There is. I look around, I see many grey heads. Hairs on the head. <laughs> There is a truckload of collaborative wisdom in this place this morning that is good and great and thank the Lord for it. But that's not the wisdom that we're talking about this morning. The message of wisdom does not come by discovering what can be naturally be known. It is revealed, not discovered. Amen? 
revealed, not discovered. In fact, James clearly defined the characteristic of spiritual wisdom in James chapter 3, verse 17. But he says this, But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Amen. So the first thought about what wisdom is not, it's not natural wisdom. It's supernatural wisdom. Amen. And the fact is, and, and it's so awesome, and it's so exciting to think that we can just be in a church meeting or we can be at home or, or wherever we can and, and out of the blue straight away for, for whatever reason as the Holy Spirit chooses, that He chooses to release a word of wisdom through our lives that impacts the ears of that person that receives it. Isn't that a significant spiritual gift? That you just love the way that the Holy Spirit chooses to move through us. So the first thought is that, that it's not a natural, it doesn't come from a natural origin. It's not from a natural means, wisdom. The second thing is this, it's not scriptural wisdom. Before you shoot me down right, right now, just let me explain a couple of thoughts here. The message of wisdom does not come through progressive study of scripture. A person may have profound insights, illumination from scripture without possessing any of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We can have all the sense of the Word of God, but miss the Spirit of God. Amen? Let me continue. This does not mean we shouldn't study the Scriptures because it's obeying the Scriptures that we live a wise life. True, amen, without exception. Proverbs teaches that and so many other books of the Bible. But it's by knowing the Scriptures that the Spirit will often prompt or quicken some story from the Word that tells us how we are to respond in any given circumstances. But the message of wisdom... It's not wisdom received from Scripture, though it will always be consistent with Scripture. It is received as a revelation from the Spirit. It comes from a spontaneous unction from and by the Holy Spirit. Amen. I love it. I love it. A few examples of this. I won't go through them all this morning. Unfortunately, there's more that I have to share than there is time to. But one of them in the Old Testament, uh, one of the examples of foreshadowing uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we see God uses a word of wisdom to resolve an impasse in 1 Kings chapter 3. We see two prostitutes in the word of God in 1 Kings chapter 3. Both have sons and they have them three days apart while, while both of them are sleeping in, in separate uh, rooms or beds with their children. One of the mothers rolls over and unfortunately suffocates her child. Sad, sad, sad. But what takes place during the course of the night is that she comes across with the dead child and replaces the, live, the, the dead child and takes the live child from the mother. The next day they both wake up and she realises the mother um, that, 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 that has lost the child now has a child that's alive and the, the mother that, that has lost the child realises that the mother has taken the child and they both come to King Solomon and come before him and they're, they're wanting an answer. They're wanting some sort of justice. She's wanting some sort of restitution because she knows that she's been wrong. But the thought is this. Both went to Solomon, declared the other had stolen their child. But in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 24, this is Solomon's response, a word of wisdom. Bring me a sword, then have, the, uh, or, then have an order. Cut the living child in two and half and, and give half to one and half to the other. Verse 26 says this, The woman whose son was alive was filled with compassion for her son and said to the king, please, my Lord, give her the living baby. Don't kill him. 
Solomon straight away knew which child belonged to the mother. Straight away. The Spirit can reveal to you and I something to say that can radically transform the circumstances that we face through a word of wisdom. God uses a word of wisdom to bring a solution to a future hardship. In Genesis chapter 41, I'm almost done this morning, Pharaoh had dreams which deeply disturbed him. Joseph was brought in to interpret. Joseph was unable to interpret the dream and it came down to seven good years and then seven, uh, seven years of famine. But then he gave Pharaoh the Old Testament equivalent of a message of wisdom because it says in Genesis chapter 41, 33 to 36, he says this to Pharaoh. And now let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man to put him in charge of the land of Egypt. Appoint commissioners to take a fifth of the harvest over the seven years, store the grain so that the country may not be ruined by famine. A word of wisdom. Last one this morning because there's a few others. Jesus responds, uh, excuse me, Jesus uses a word of wisdom to, to respond to a trap. In Luke chapter 20, it says, So they watched him and they sent the spies who pretended to be righteous, that they might seize on his words in order to deliver him to the power and the authority of the governor. Then they asked him, saying, Teacher, we know that you say and teach rightly, and you do not show favoritism, personal favoritism, but teach the way of of God in truth. Is it lawful for us to pay taxes to Caesar? But he perceived their craftiness and said to them, Why do you test me? Show me a denarius whose image and inscription does it have? They answered and said, Caesar's. And he said to them, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God. But they could not catch him in his words in the presence of the people. And they marveled at his answers and kept silent. You see the word of wisdom there flowing out of the mouth of Jesus Christ himself. In John chapter 8, we see the woman caught in the act of adultery. Jesus again, a word of wisdom comes out of his mouth and he says to those that are there ready to stone her for the penalty of the, uh, the sin that she's committed. And he says to them a word of wisdom. If any one of you is without sin, let him be first to throw a stone. A word of wisdom flowing through him. Instructing people how they sh should find the woman in uh, John chapter 8 as it goes on. Her accusers are left her alone from the eldest to the youngest. Then Jesus speaks to her. Woman, where are they? No one, no one, uh, has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you. Go now and leave your life of sin. Acts chapter 10, a word of wisdom preparing uh, the disciples of future ministry, Acts chapter 27, how to remain calm in a storm, another word of wisdom. And I want to finish with this this morning. What is the purpose of the message of wisdom? Why does the Spirit manifest this gift in us and through us? We'll conclude with a couple of thoughts this morning. If I could have the keyboard player, thank you. Ultimately, it is to reveal a fragment of the wisdom of God, but for what purpose? Number one, to resolve an impasse. To bring a solution to future hardship, to show people how to respond to a crisis, to respond to traps, to refuse difficult, circ diffuse difficult circumstances, to instruct people in how they should live, to be prepared for future ministry, to remain calm in the, act in, in the middle of a storm, to reveal the future, to give personal guidance in spe special circumstances. And what does it mean for us this morning? That we, you and I, should be believing God for messages of wisdom in our everyday walk with Him. Amen? He's still the same Holy Spirit that chose to use all of those people that I've just mentioned then very, very briefly. I've given them none 
hardly any justice, but he's used all of those people. How much more would he want to use us today? How much more would he want to use us, the business people in our church, to allow the Spirit to enable you to make godly decisions at critical moments about the future? Those of us who are teachers, maybe parents, carers, to believe that the Spirit will reveal to you a message of divine wisdom. When you're praying for guidance, when you're believing for an aspect of God's wisdom, a word of wisdom, to know how to move forward, how to know what it is in the direction that God's wanting us. When you're in the middle of a conflict and you believe and expect God for a word and a message of wisdom, to know how to resolve that conflict. And when you're at a teeter section and believe and expect for a message of wisdom when you're not sure where to go and what the next step for your life looks like, to believe God for a word of wisdom. Amen? It's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit that He chooses to use us as He wills. And let's be hungry. Let's be, be stirred in our spirit to be believing that God will use us to pour out this most amazing gift the message of wisdom through our lives, amen? Because it's the first one that Paul mentions in this section of Scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Could we bow our heads and close our eyes as we conclude this morning? Heavenly Father, thank you this morning that you have called us, you have chosen us, you have gifted us. Lord, as a people this morning, we thank you for the great privilege of serving Jesus Christ the great privilege of knowing the presence and the moving of the Holy Spirit in us. Lord, I pray as a congregation, as a church family, that we would continue to hunger for each of us to be used by the Holy Spirit. Lord, as it's declared in the Word, as you choose, as He, the Holy Spirit, wills, chooses to use each of us for the profit of and for the good of all, Lord, thank you so much this morning for that incredible, incredible privilege. Well, every head's bowed and eyes closed. This morning, you are here and you may not have made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. You may not have ever accepted and received his forgiveness and his gift, his free gift of salvation this morning. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, this morning, if you're here and you are not born again, you have not a relationship with God. You have a knowledge of God, but you have not a relationship with God. Then this morning, by faith, we would love to introduce you to Jesus Christ, to allow you to make Him your personal Lord and Savior. As I look across this building this morning, if you're here and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or you know that He's calling you to come back to Him, then while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, just very quickly, would you raise your hand to heaven this morning and say, yes. Shane, that's me this morning. I need to receive God's forgiveness this morning. Just quickly as I look across. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless you. We worship you. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen.